Hello, friends. How's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Before we get started with our show today, let me remind you about a couple partners of the podcast. First up, Prepped Ready Meals. Prepped and Ready, they offer healthy meals delivered straight to your door. All you have to do is pop them in the microwave. They're good to go. They deliver in all of metro Atlanta area. They just partnered with a fitness app called Fit Genie to make deliveries even easier. Go to PreppedReadyMeals.com. Use code BINGE10 at checkout for 10% off your order. That's B-I-N-G-E-1-0 for 10% off your order. Everybody loves healthy meals. Everybody loves meal planning. Well, now you can do it all in one. Go check these guys out. Support them again one more time at binge10 at checkout, preppedreadymeals.com. Our other friends are our friends over at Rebel Boudoir. Have you ever wanted that boudoir session and needed the little nudge to finally do it? Well, now you do. Our listeners will get an automatic discount of $100 off their session fee when they book a session with Jillian at Rebel Boudoir. These sessions make an awesome, unique gift for your wedding day, anniversary, birthday, or it's just an excuse to rock that bod you've got. Go check out Jillian's work for reference on her Instagram at Rebel Boudoir or her website, rebelboudoirstudio.com. Mention us in your inquiry to get that discount. It's a great investment and an experience you definitely won't forget. And now, welcome to the show. Welcome back to episode 138 of the Binge Boys podcast. It's Logan and Matt. It's the Logan and Matt show today. How are you, Matt? Oh, I'm doing fine. How about yourself, Logan? I'm uh, doing pretty solid, man. How was your weekend? Did you do anything exciting? Did you just chill out? What'd you do? Uh, you know, just chilled out. Uh, dog sat for a friend. So as a non-dog owner myself, that was an adventure, but, you know, made it through okay. What kind of dog was it? uh just just a little corgi just a little year old corgi oh we love corgis <laughs> yeah I, I bet the the two of us were were quite the combo strutting around the old apartment complex <laughs> awesome awesome um well cool we got a we got a fun show today uh we got some cool stuff to talk about like the emmys the devil of all time or i'm sorry the devil all the time <laughs> and a couple of Six new stories uh, to hit on real quick. We'll run through those quick, and then we'll talk about our main topics. So last episode, we announced the release date of the uh, Mandalorian Season 2 for Disney+. Plus. Um, and then like the next day, the trailer came out for Season 2, which is just great timing. But um, yeah, uh, trailer came out, showed us some Mando, showed us some Baby Yoda. Matt, uh, did you watch it? What would you think about it? Are you excited for Mandalorian? I did give it a watch, and while I am excited, it's uh, definitely a show that I haven't gotten into yet, so knowing that there's sort of more on the horizon definitely excites me to uh, get into it. This trailer definitely made me want to uh, you know, get into the world. I feel like the first season, as far as I know, did a really good job at world building, and this seemed to kind of expand on that and uh, add a few new elements, but still keep it in that same beloved Star Wars universe. Yes, very well put. That's all we can say. Octo- oc- sorry, October 30th is when season two uh, starts. Disney Plus releases them weekly instead of putting them all on at once. So um, I think it went from like 
end of October to mid December last time. So I anticipate a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, October thirtieth, and we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about episode by episode when it comes out, just like we did for season one. Next up, um, as hinted at from yesterday's or sorry last week's episode, also we talked about the Xbox and how prices were revealed. Uh, release dates were revealed well sony had their event on i think i believe it was wednesday evening and it showcased uh the new uh playstation 5 and the playstation 5 digital edition the ps5 will cost 500 dollars, matching the xbox series x price and the ps5 digital edition will cost 499 or i'm sorry 399 a uh, hundred dollars more expensive than Xbox's "quote unquote" uh, cheaper console. Um, there was a handful of other things revealed, like Final Fantasy 16. There were some gameplay trailers for Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, a Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy RPG was announced that is getting uh, a lot of traction. We got some gameplay for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War from the campaign. Got some Resident Evil stuff. Dev- Devil May Cry. A lot of uh, game stuff was announced, um, as well as PlayStation Plus, uh, of course, making a return. Um, and then the release date, of course, will come out uh, in the United States, Japan, Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, and South Korea on November 12th, the same day as the Xbox. And every other territory. On November 19th, uh, PS5 pre-orders began uh, the next day. However, uh, it was quite disastrous. Um, They have sold out everywhere. Uh, They they kind of shit the bed and kind of... They made the console available the day of the event, but didn't tell anybody. And I think a lot of people jumped onto that opportunity. And it's sold out everywhere. Like it's, it's absolutely sold out. Best Buy, Amazon, GameStop, Walmart, Target, everywhere. PlayStation Five is sold out. Sony tweeted the other day and said, "Hey, we we realize our pre-order situation wasn't as smooth as we would have liked it to be. Um, we're working on getting more consoles available for all the retailers. We, there will be. They've ensured that there will be plenty of consoles for people to get their hands on at this holiday season." Matt. Um, did the price announcement uh, and release date announcement get you any more hype for new consoles this year? I know you and Mitch kind of shared the same opinion last week about kind of waiting it out, seeing how it goes, letting the bugs kind of get worked out. Is that still how you feel? Yeah, it's still how I feel. But hearing about all the software gets me pretty excited, like the Harry Potter one and then obviously the Spider-Man and then the uh, the God of War Ragnarok, even though it was just a teaser trailer like that series is always just crushed it especially the one the other ps4 one was just a phenomenal game yeah so i definitely want to wait and see the uh the bugs work themselves out especially with this seemingly supply chain or whatever kind of issue uh they want to chalk this up to i'll sit back and watch and wait till i can easily get my hands on a console and if that happens to be at a reduced price then i'm not going to complain what about you yeah um there's another news story that we'll talk about in a little bit, something that happened this morning that um, is kind of making me teeter-totter on which console. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was really smart of Sony to match the Xbox's price um, and let the 
and you know, and let the like the the quote unquote lesser than consoles like battle it out for which one gets sold more. But I think it was really smart for them to match prices because I think back when Xbox One came out, it was five hundred dollars and the PlayStation was four hundred. Yeah. So they like so they really had a leg up there. However, uh, matching their price this time around, it's it's going to be really interesting. I can't wait to see the numbers on uh, what sells more often. Uh, sells out faster but um xbox pre-orders xbox kind of tweeted at sony the next day kind of saying something like don't worry when we are able to pre-order we'll make sure it goes smoothly or something they kind of had a low jab there but um all in good fun i suppose yeah i mean i I feel like it's a lot of payback from like during the uh, xbox one when that had their whole used game issue and the PS4 made that whole video, how to, how to share games with a friend. And it was just, yeah, here you go. That's it. That's funny. I forgot. I completely forgot about that. That was, that was, that was pretty funny. That was also a low jab, but yeah, we'll get more details about the consoles as they move forward. Hopefully Sony figures out their pre-order situation. Um, moving on, uh, the Disney plus series. She Hulk landed their She Hulk um marvel studios is uh honing in on orphan black star tatiana maslani uh to play she hulk on disney plus um there's not much information besides the fact that she was announced to be casted other than the fact that uh writers for rick and morty are tapped to write this show um Fun fact, She-Hulk was the last original major character to be created by Stan Lee. Um, She-Hulk is Jennifer Walters, an an attorney and a cousin of Bruce Banner. Um, So she is related to the Hulk. Okay, that's that's something I didn't know. Um, The project is just one of the handful of series Marvel is working on for Disney+, Plus, including Loki, WandaVision, Winter Soldier, and more. Uh, yeah, we're we're really excited about She-Hulk. I guess. What What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely down to get an you know Emmy Award winning star on the cast, and then have the writers of Rick and Morty like those are smart dudes. Definitely not a fit that I saw, but I feel like uh, Marvel's done a really good job at kind of using talent in different ways. Like Gilderoy Lockhart from Harry Potter two directed uh the first Thor movie. And the only thing he directed before was like screen adaptations of Shakespeare. Yeah. So that's not really a fit that I saw, but I, you know, thought the movie was good for what it was. And so I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm not familiar with uh, her. Uh, Mina. I'm just not even going to try the actresses um, <laughs> prior show orphan black, but I've only heard good things. So. Yeah. yeah. We're we're here for uh, a new Disney Plus show too. I mean, Disney Plus was marketed hella on the Marvel and Star Wars shows, and we have yet to have gotten one. And Disney Plus has been out for almost a full year now, so or actually a little bit longer than a year. I think it launched in what like March or May or something. I mean, it had to have been close to a year if um, a Man- Mandalorian season one was just about a year ago. So yeah. they had to get some something ready for that. I can't remember what the sort of the first big draw was, other than 
we have all the Disney movies. Yeah. yeah, I mean that 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 I'm sure attracted a lot of parents and a lot of people too. I mean, especially I mean I I don't know about you, but I love Disney, so yeah. Um, so that was definitely a turn on for me. But we'll keep it going on that Disney Plus train there. Um, last night, uh, or maybe it was the night before, uh, WandaVision's teaser trailer was released. WandaVision is another uh disney plus original marvel show um so this is weird so it's marvel's most surreal show yet according to this teaser trailer it opens with a black and white recreation of a 1950s sitcom featuring scarlet witch and vision um before gradually becoming a lot more colorful and bombastic WandaVision is a tv series taking place within the mcu set after the events of endgame Paul Bettany's vision died during the events of Avengers Infinity War at the hands of Thanos, and it's unclear what exactly has brought him back for the events of the show. Uh, the trailer does not mention a release date. It says uh, coming soon, but Disney has previously announced that WandaVision will be coming to Disney Plus in December. Um, so yeah, Matt, Matt, did you watch this trailer? If, you, if, it, if your reaction was anything like mine, it, I kind of was like, the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. My my sort of biggest takeaway was I can't tell what kind of show this is. Is it going to be kind of like a, you know, sitcom or sort of like an anthology, like a Twilight Zone? Because it seemed to have a few different kind of visual styles or time periods going on. So, and is it, you know, it, it almost makes me wonder if it's the the real vision is involved in some way and not just kind of like... Uh, you said i didn't know that it was a show within the mcu um well i i guess i'm confused when when they say it's a show within the mcu is it taking place like is this something that like captain america and iron man would plop down on the couch and watch like is, is that what you mean or it's just within that Ooh, universe i think it's i think it's almost like as if it's a movie that is also in the mcu although like i don't know if cap and iron man are gonna like get around get their families around the couch to watch uh almost, to watch wandavision but that's no, a good almost thought. definitely not okay i but, i just thought i just thought the wording was a little bit different uh, from from what you said so i was just a bit confused on that i saw a a, a a very interesting fan theory today about it saying that maybe scarlet witch is so distraught at the death of vision that she creates a false reality in her head um which makes up this movie um and supposedly this show is supposed to tie directly into the Doctor Strange sequel. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, there's some parallels there and the fact that they're both like mystical heroes. So I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what this show brings us in December. Yeah, I just hope it's not just... I hope it's not kind of uh, what Lost or some of those other shows turn into that start with a big mystery and just Milk never it. really answer a question with an answer just more questions until you oh no we have half a season to tie up all these loose ends mm -hmm. yeah we'll see in december i suppose um going back to uh to the xbox situation microsoft this morning uh acquired bethesda softworks um, for $7.5 billion. Um, for reference, Microsoft bought Minecraft's company for $2.5 million. 
or million I'm sorry, or two and a half million dollars. And uh, Disney acquired LucasArts for $4 billion. So this was almost double the amount of how much uh, LucasArts costed. Um, and Bethesda, for those of you who aren't completely in the loop, I know Matt probably is. Bethesda is the home to, to Doom, uh, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, uh, several other pretty big gaming franchises. Yeah. Um, and the question has arisen uh, today of what the hell is going to be the future of these Bethesda games? Are they going to be Microsoft exclusives? Because uh, if so, that is a huge sucker punch to Sony. That's a big yeah, yeah. That's that's a huge deal. Like uh, that that'd be a, that that's kind of influencing my decision almost. Like I really was kind of leaning towards playstation but if they announce that fallout and in the next elder scroll game only is going to release on the xbox then i might have to get the xbox yeah no this is definitely a big swing and if it works out for them i feel like they're making a lot of like big moves to sort of build up the the game pass which when we were talking about price point before it really made me think that getting the having the cheaper model on xbox um, is really kind of a big boon, especially with all these um, these game things that they could get to Game Pass. Because I would assume, after buying them, that means they could just say, "Okay, put you know all the Elder Scrolls, all the Fallout's, all these other things, make you know the new, make them compatible on the new Xbox." And that's just a huge add to an initial day one library, which is usually an issue for a new console. Indeed. So this is this is an interesting. Uh, so this article from The Verge kind of further develops on that. So PlayStation Five exclusive games, Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, um, are PlayStation exclusives, and those were developed by Bethesda. Microsoft announced that they are going to honor that exclusivity, um, which was nice of them. And apparently, Xbox boss Phil Spencer told Bloomberg that quote. Uh, other games will be a case by case basis, hmm. which is not an answer. <laughs> no, it's some might call it a non answer. Yeah, some <laughs> might call it a lost answer by <laughs> beating around the bush and not telling us what we want because I, I feel like they're not going to give us a straight answer. They're going to be like, surprise, all you dummies that bought the PlayStation, you're not going to be able to play Elder Scrolls 6, which. This is this is a pretty big deal, man. I, I I did not see this coming. No, definitely not. I I mean, I didn't. I don't have seven billion dollars, so I'm not in the market to make a decision like this. So, <laughs> no. Let me know if you have seven billion dollars. <laughs> You'll be the first to know. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um. So yeah, we're excited to see how this shakes up the console wars. I'm sure if they announce that the uh, Bethesda games will only be released on Xbox. I think I can see a massive leap in Xbox purchases this fall. Definitely. Because I think something that Sony's kind of always had on their PlayStations, at least for the three and the four are kind of like the big single player, triple a games. So that if you're able to start developing those exclusive, some of those specifically for Xbox, you, you're going to win over a lot of people who you know don't care about online, don't care about Madden, don't care about all these other games but they just want to play games like I like, like Uncharted and uh, Spider-Man and 
know. Yeah. Yeah. I I was talking to some friends the other day and I hadn't realized how much I have um changed over the years when I was like in middle school and high school. I was a big like Call of Duty Battlefield, Halo, like let's play with friends type thing, but as I've grown up, I think I've appreciated the single player experiences like God of War like you said, which was a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. Um this the Spider-Man game Uncharted, uh all of those single player experiences. Um, a lot more than multiplayer games. So this is going to really this. This would affect me, I guess I'm trying to say, is that like I'm a fan of the fallouts, the the Elder Scrolls. So I'm 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 cur- uh, curious to see how the rest of the world is affected. Yeah, definitely. And was, I think this is another case where just see how things kind of develop because of the, you know, non-answer of the case by case basis. Maybe it doesn't really change that much in effect. And Sony's willing to pay microsoft to have the games be dual platform or whatever arrangement that that they need to be sought out you gotta think that when sony saw this headline they're like son of a bitch they were not happy no just with the uh (laughs) pre-order issues and this on top of it like microsoft's making some big plays yeah microsoft kind of dropped a big what the f uh on this monday morning but more news to follow i'm sure i'm sure this is a developing story so we'll hear more later um, but last little headline before we get into the the, the main headlines there. Um, TikTok was supposed to be banned over the weekend. However, our fearless leader, the Don, he approved of a final last minute deal with Oracle and Walmart to take a stake in a new U.S. company that will operate TikTok. Um, TikTok's headquarters will be in texas and will create somewhere around twenty-five thousand jobs in the u.s when it comes to security app development um i don't know i i'm curious where the twenty-five thousand jobs comes from but um but if they got to create a whole new company for it i i i assume a, f- a few hundred jobs will be created um do you care matt are, are you are you on tiktok do you watch tiktoks is is this a big deal to you it is not a big deal to me, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm kind of plugged into the political stuff. So seeing how this played out was kind of interesting to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not not really my thing, but just sort of eating my popcorn and watching from a distance just as the whatever this is all happening is. I do think Walmart's kind of an interesting partner for a technology company. Right. I've tried to use their website and it's awful. <laughs> I was just going to say for a company that uh, has a pretty shitty UI on most of their platforms. Uh, this is an interesting acquisition. You got to think they're just the money behind it. You got to think because let's see Walmart proposed Walmart announced that they'll take 20% of the share of TikTok, which is a fat ass chunk. That's a and chunk. Then, yeah. And then Oracle's taking uh some 7.5 to 10%. Um and then the Chinese will hold 36% and then the rest is going to be I don't know. This is still an ongoing story so I think they're still figuring it out but still. Um this is interesting and uh for all you teenagers TikTokers out there uh your your move uh your platform is being saved. So Yeah. Yeah, what about you? Does this uh, does this move you closer to to going full talker? 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> TBD. TBD. Case by case basis. Exactly. I'm gonna give a Phil Spencer, uh, Phil Spencer answer there. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll keep it on the on the social media topic, and uh, we'll go ahead and get into the main topics. And one of the things that Matt and I watched this week was the social dilemma. Uh, the social dilemma. For those of you who don't know, 2020 American documentary film uh, for for Netflix. The film explores the rise of social media. And, you know, from this point to the past, we've only talked about what good social media has done, what fun it's provided, what, you know, how, how great it is to be able to connect with family and friends. But we've never really looked at it from the negatives. Uh, this film explores the damage it has caused to society, focusing on its exploitation of its users for financial gain through surveillance and data mining, uh, which is actually meant to nurture an addiction. And it, it also has an influence in politics, mental health. It's uh, in, in conspiracy theories such as Pizzagate and Flat Earthers. This is a lot deeper than I thought it was. What did you think of this thing, Matt? Um, so I had been kind of in the know about, I mean, this is something I'd seen before in the past, like the sort of slot machine nature that social media kind of like bakes in and stuff. Um, but I thought it did some good specific work with like the the cases it brought up, like you said, with like Pizzagate and Flat Earthers and how those are things that were kind of, if not necessarily by design to be um, sort of spread as much as they are on um, social media, but just kind of how the this is kind of a bug of it. This is what like pops out when you try to just, you know, maximize engagement, maximize eyeballs on it at a time. Um, but yeah, I thought the documentary did have a lot of really good information. What about you? Is it something that um, was pretty, all pretty new to you, like pretty eye opening? Um, well, I think the most eye opening part of it was the fact that they interviewed a lot of tech gurus like they interviewed a former google designer uh the ex-president of pinterest uh yonder director of research stanford university addiction fellowship membership whatever they they interviewed a lot of people that have had like the co-founder of facebook's like button uh, like a lot of people that were influential in the tech world, but got out because uh, they realized that the tech world is very toxic. Yeah, um, I, they did bring the big guns in terms of, you know, the interviewers. Um, I, I thought that was the, the strongest part. And I thought when they could kind of illustrate what um, what they were saying without the use of uh, recreations, uh, that's when it was at its strongest. Yeah, what did you think of the portions of the documentary that were acted and almost like a recreation of what the interviewers will, were talking about? I wasn't really a fan. Uh, if I could compare it to something, it'd be kind of like a combination of The Big Bang Theory and Inside Out. <laughs> okay, okay. I. Oh, yeah, that's very good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't care for the 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 recreations that could have slimmed this runtime down a little bit 
That's what um, I thought because it already came in at just like an hour twenty, maybe an hour thirty. So it sort of strikes me as they were like, "We've got a, we've got maybe a sixty minutes here. We we got to fill this out one way or another." I'm like, "Well, give us more. I don't know." Yeah, just give us more information. Um, I thought the information was really, um, helpful. I mean, I don't know how you feel about the whole like companies having your data thing. I see perks to it, but I also see the downsides. Um, I thought some of the strongest part was like in the last like five or 10 minutes where they were saying sort of like some pretty general solutions, but the guy who said, you know, treat data like a utility or something or treat data um, like, you know, you give them X amount of data, you get Y amount of dollars on like a set rate. I thought solutions like that were really good. And I, I mean, I think, you know, from a policy standpoint, I think that that's where the world is heading. I hope that's where the world is heading. Um, but I could have done with some more of those or maybe some more specific solutions, like certain organizations that, that you could get involved with or learn more about that are sort of uh, advocating for your data rights. Yeah, I, I really would have liked some more uh, of those as well. I also think that I learned a lot when it terms when it comes to like like at the very beginning when it said like we not only like know what you like and what you don't like but we also like know how long you spend looking at ads know how much like like what keywords you text the most like mm-hmm. when it said stuff like that I was like wow I didn't realize it was that deep of an algorithm yeah. that recognized that stuff Definitely. Yeah. It, like definitely eye opening as to sort of how deep the hooks are they've got in our brains. Um, but yeah, just, I felt like the, a lot of the presentation could have done, been done a little bit better, which is why I gave it the the three out of five. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So this movie um uh, ha- currently holds, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes with an average rating of 7.6 out of 10. I think that's fair. I think uh I think would you would you recommend this to somebody? I think I would recommend it to someone who maybe denial isn't the right word but maybe doesn't fully have a good understanding of how social media works and just some of the potentially tricks that mine like maybe a little bit older of a generation. I feel like people maybe about our age, how we're kind of sort of seeing some of the cracks in it. Um, I feel like someone maybe a little bit older than us might appreciate it a little bit more. And maybe the recreations would help sort of drive home the points that, that we were kind of aware of and that were there and sort of seemed a little bit unnecessary. Yeah, I completely agree. I like, I told my parents that they should watch it. I told uh, my grandparents that they should watch it. I think it. Um, I think younger people like us have a better grip on like what social media is and what it what it does. But I definitely agree that an older generation could benefit from like, hey, like every time you click an ad, like this, this, and this happens, and that's why you keep seeing the same recurring ad. Like, right. Like when you go on Amazon and search for bicycles. There's a reason why when you get on Facebook, like you'll see an ad for an advertisement for a bicycle. Like, yeah, exactly. All these tech companies are in one way or another working with each other to to basically dupe you into buying shit. Like, right. 
I thought it was put really well in the documentary when it said, you know, when you're on Facebook, Facebook isn't the product, you are the product, and the customer is the advertiser. Exactly. Yep. It's it's a really unique uh, process. I, I recommend people check it out for that reason, to get educated on the subject. But in terms of, like you said, like the production quality, uh, it could use some work here and there, and I didn't care for the skits either, so... Yeah, I think um, if I gave it a four out of five, which I might have, I think I want to drop that back down to a three. Um, it was fine. Like, yeah, good I for mean, what it was. I mean, maybe we could see the uh, skits as a time to you know check Facebook or do some shopping on Amazon while you're uh, while you're watching. <laughs> Very good. While we are currently learning about how evil social media is, when the skits come up, just get on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, so yeah, that's our that's our take on uh, the social dilemma. Um, I liked also there at the end when the credits started rolling, it kind of like backspaced the social dilemma and like typed in our social dilemma. And I was like, oh, OK, I was clever, um, very clever. Um, but last night uh, were the 72, uh, the 72nd, the se- <laughs> <laughs> prime time, the 70. I was curious to see how my mouth was going to work that one out. Um, the primetime Emmy Awards, uh, the TV Awards. Um we're going to go through uh, the notable winners. Um, there's obviously hunt, like probably close to a hundred little categories that they, you know, you win and they don't even televise them. We're going to go over the televised main uh, heavy hitters. Um, we'll, we'll start off on the top by saying that Shit's Creek broke a record and swept. Uh, they took all nine emmys in comedy categories pretty amazing have you seen schitt's creek i think i watched through season three maybe it was just two but so a decent amount but i think it was still sort of finding its legs a little bit so it didn't quite it, it didn't quite pass the threshold of a show that like i needed to keep going it was still they were still kind of doing the the rich people in the poor town kind of thing, and they hadn't sort of gone in a new direction yet, or sort of fleshed out the characters in an interesting way. What about you? Are you familiar with it? Yeah, I've seen the whole show. Um, it ended up being one of my favorite comedies, uh, but they definitely take that to your point: the rich people with, around poor people, and they drive that. However, once this the few later seasons go on they do let the characters flesh out a little more and become more personable and that's when the show's at its best i think yeah no i and i agree and like i said i just didn't let it get to that point i moved on to something else and just forgot to come back yeah so um so yeah here we go we'll we'll run through them uh obviously like i just said best comedy went to schitt's creek uh best drama also notable succession brought home five Emmys as well. A pretty big win for HBO. HBO had a good night. Yeah. They did the the smart move of classifying Watchmen as a limited series just to make sure to uh double dip as much as they could between se- Secession and uh, Watchmen. Oh yeah. Succession. Oh yeah. That, there's a, they did that for a reason for oh, sure. Oh, definitely. Best drama went to Succession, best limited series went to Watchmen. Best Actress was Catherine O'Hara for her role as Moira in Schitt's Creek. Uh, Best Actor, Comedy, again, Eugene Levy, Schitt's Creek. Uh, Best Actress in a Drama, Zendaya for Euphoria. 
Did you ever watch Euphoria, Matt? I did not. I I'm not cut out for that show. I don't even know what it's about. It's on my list. I know it's only one season, so I'm sure I could watch it in a couple days. But from what I heard, it's just cool teens doing cool teen things. <laughs> well, maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I'll get turned off by it. But apparently, she's really good in it. Um, I mean, she just won an Emmy for it. So. Yeah, award winning performance. There you go. Uh, best actor or Jeremy Strong for Succession. Best Actress in a Limited TV Series or TV Movie, Regina King, Watchmen. Did you watch Watchmen? I did. I was a huge fan. I was really happy to see Anytime They Won. Um, I only got to it in about the last month or so, um, basically because it took me forever to read the book, uh, just to sort of get back, back into that universe. But I thought it was really well done overall. Yeah, it was a good show. I loved the performances. Uh, the acting was really good. And I, I like that these superhero movies and superhero shows are kind of catching people's attention. Yeah. They're like, kind of sl- slipping in. I, and I feel like Watchmen was kind of a really good way to get into the award, a really good way to get open the award door. And same thing with Heath Ledger a few years ago when he won an Oscar for Joker. And same with Joaquin Phoenix for, for winning for like, Joker. Just running it back, yeah. Just running it back. Um, best actor for a limited TV series or TV movie, Mark Ruffalo, uh, for I Know This Much Is True. So best supporting actress in a comedy is Annie Murphy for Schitt's Creek. Best supporting actor for a comedy, Daniel Levy, Schitt's Creek. Whole Suppo- family. The whole fam one. Uh, you love to see it. Supporting <laughs> actress in a drama, Julie Garner in Ozark. Uh, supporting actor in a drama, Billy Crudup. Crudup? Crudup? <laughs> the morning show uh best supporting actress in a limited series or movie uzo aduba from mrs america i don't even know what that is never heard of it supporting actor in a limited series or movie I'm not gonna try it he won for Watchmen. he was uh oh billy reeves will yes. reeves yes yeah i like how there was both will reeves and young will reeves nominated in that same category very good <laughs> <laughs> Uh, best TV movie, Bad Education for HBO. Never heard of it. Nope. Um, best variety sketch series, SNL. I'm pretty sure they've won every year for the past 50 years. Um, or however long as long that it has been on. Um, and then lastly, uh, the for in terms of main... Uh, or no, I guess I'll... There's a few down there that are kind of out of order. Best talk show... Uh, the last week tonight with John Oliver, uh, scrolling down a little bit, uh, you got best documentary or nonfiction series, the last dance for ESPN, um, best animated program, Rick and Morty. Um, yeah. And then just a bunch of credits for writing that I don't think people care about, (laughs) but there's, there's some good stuff in there, but it's not really anything. To not, summarize, Watchmen, Succession, or Shit's Creek. Yep, that's exactly what I was gonna say. If you, <laughs> Shit's Creek, Watchmen, and uh, the other one, Succession. <laughs> th- th- those are the winners. Those those guys raked it home. So, congrats to all the Emmy winners. They're not listening, but uh, <laughs> big up if you are. It, yes, let me know if you are. <laughs> <laughs> if Eugene Levy is just casually listening to the Binge Boys, like I want to know. <laughs> Um, okay, Matt, to close this thing out, we're going to talk about the devil all the time. 
Oh, it's ending it on a real cheery note. Yeah. So let's, I'll give a little bit of information here. The Devil All Time is a Netflix original movie. Um, it's rated R. It's two hours and 20 minutes, and it's a crime drama thriller. Uh, and it just came out this last weekend. The cast is pretty incredible. Um, or not, I don't want to say incredible, but it's got a good cast. Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland, Haley Bennett. Uh, what's his name? Fuck. Dudley Dursley. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, uh, uh, Sebastian Stan, Jason Clark, a, a, a bunch of well-known faces that you will recognize immediately. Um, so basically Batman, Spider-Man, and Pennywise are in this movie and Winter Soldier. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so this movie's synopsis provided by IMDb. IMDb does shitty synopsis it says sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality eh, very vague synopsis but it's kind of hard to talk about this movie without talking about it um so i'll go ahead and just say full spoilers ahead for the for the devil all the time matt yeah. i'll just start off by asking you uh what did you think of this movie um so the opening was a bit aggressive yes. with the uh crucifixion of a World War II soldier who then subsequently also got shot in the head all with no gore or blood spared to the viewer. Um so you know probably not the casual uh Saturday morning watch that I gave it material but Overall, I'd say it was pretty entertaining. I thought there were some parts that were a little bit confusing or some different ways to be told. But overall, I'd say I like the story. The acting was really good. Um, you know, all these people put in really good performances. And I thought the setting was kind of interesting. You don't typically see um, sort of super religious Appalachia from this era portrayed on film very much what about you sort of overall thoughts yeah i really enjoyed myself um i watched it with a couple people i uh i watched it with my girlfriend um and my buddy and uh his friend and those two kind of i think checked out and they're like this is dumb but like me and my girlfriend thoroughly um thought it was very entertaining there were a few scenes that were very disturbing um quite a like what you said with the crucifixion of the dog, uh, the crucifixion, uh, well, basically anything involving a cross. Basically, um, yeah. The scene where the priest uh, dumped the spiders all over his head. Oh, yeah. In, in his lecture by saying that God, if there is a God, he will not allow me to get hurt, which is funny because doesn't he end up getting bit by a spider? Yes. Um. I found it really I, I like movies like this where it's a bunch of different people that don't know each other all of a sudden cross paths and the movie the movie did a good a good job at kind of showcasing each person and kind of showing their story like with um Sebastian Stan, him being the cop, uh and his sister, you know, being the the I don't want to say the whore, but the 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 prostitute that she was with Jason Clark that that whole thing was weird to me. 
I definitely thought it was weird. I, I definitely think if you're going to go the direction of some sort of weird serial killer, but also artist, like almost plant it in reality and make it a real serial killer or something. Otherwise, it, it's just somewhat unbelievable and kind of took me out of it a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, me and my friends shared that sentiment as well. I think that we'll i'll transition over to there to the cast like you said everyone gave very good performances um standout for me was bill skarsgård playing the dad that you know ended up uh the dad of tom holland bill skarsgård is the guy who played pennywise in the new it movies yeah um he did pretty well tom holland really impressed me here that's what i was that's definitely one of my notes i said believable as a real actor he had the accent down he you know sort of did some really good physical work that you know someone as i mean young looking as him it was kind of hard to pull off being as serious as he was but i think that yeah i thought he's had a really good performance yeah it really i was kind of worried thinking like man he's he's just gonna get looked at as spider-man his entire career um kind of fall into the toby Maguire trap of like yeah he's spider-man but will he be able to do anything else well this this proved that wrong like he he acted very well um and robert pattinson did a good job too but the only thing i have to say is his voice was kind of off for me i think that i i do sort of agree that his voice was a little bit off but i think sort of like in the so were you saying you just didn't like it or you didn't think like the accent was believable or something? Well, it's kind of hard because like I had just seen Tenet and in Tenet, he had this normal sounding. I don't want to say that I have a normal sounding voice, but I don't I definitely don't have a really deep voice or a really high pitched voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and Robert Pattinson had a normal sounding voice in Tenet. And then when he started talking in this movie, I was like, oh, so he's he's really got a thick accent. Um, almost like a like a hello there children like yeah. listen to my preaching like he did really good I mean it, if anything it just made me more hyped to see Batman I mean <laughs> I was just like damn this guy is a great actor like he's really he's really honing in on like the fuck you guys for making fun of me in Twilight I'm gonna show you that I'm a good actor yeah, no, he's definitely overcorrecting and we're all benefiting from it. Yes, so I have I no issues with that. 100% agree. Um, but yeah, plot was good. Um, at first, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this movie. But as it went on, I enjoyed it. It was it was entertaining. I would recommend a watch. I think I give it a four out of five. I definitely think it's one of Netflix's stronger originals mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, no, I definitely thought that there was... A- I think there were almost good pieces there that could have been moved around a little bit different. Like, I think this would have been a really effective, like mini series, the movie dragged in some spots and with all the different characters, like a different sort of structure. I feel like, like a more episodic structure um, would give it a little bit more benefit. Um, Like you could have like a prequel episode with Tom Holland's character as a kid with, um, with Bill Skarsgård, his dad, um, like that could just be one episode. Cause I feel like the movie kind of started in earnest 45 minutes in, um, with the Tom Holland's birthday scene. That sort of seemed like where the, the movie really got started. Yeah. At one point, my buddy was like, are you sure we're watching the right movie? Where's Tom Holland? And I was like, 
he's here i'm sure like he's gotta be here right um, right but yeah i agree i really like that idea of a mini series um i think that almost like four episodes or something short like almost how they talked about taking what's it called oh the, the Irishman. Irishman. yep yep and turning that into an episodic series i really like that idea um but yeah do you have any closing words on on the devil all the time uh just you know don't watch this if you've got a weak stomach probably don't eat anything while you watch it um <laughs> if you maybe... are i'll say it's very religious um yeah if you have trouble with religion um i'd say maybe steer away but like it was interesting to see a movie look at religion the way it did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's not, it's not overly offensive or anything, but there are some disturbing images here and there. Yeah. I thought it was a good warts and all look at what probably a small town church mm -hmm. has, has gone through. I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, cause the author was the narrator actually of the novel, I wouldn't be surprised if these were some anecdotes from their growing up in their church, you know, put to page. I did not know that this was based off of a book. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very good to hear. And that's, that's interesting. Cause at one point I was wondering if the narrator was going to end up being a character in the movie, but that's interesting that you say that it was actually the author of the book. That's kind of cool. I like that. That is cool. And then the uh, director, Antonio Campos, it looks like him and his brother, Paul, did the uh, screenplay with, um, yeah, with Donald Ray Pollock, who wrote the original novel. That's awesome. Well, yeah, there's our thoughts on uh, The Devil All the Time. And that was episode 138 of the pod. Matt, did you have fun? Do you have a good time? I always have fun with you, Logan. Oh, yeah, Matt. Love to hear that. <laughs> Guys. Uh, like I said at the top, go check out Prepped and Ready as well as Rebel Boudoir. Follow us on Instagram if you'd like and Twitter. Uh, follow Logan Lewis 96 on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow uh, the Binge Boys uh, on Instagram as well at the Binge Boys Podcast. Matt, plug your handle again. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at POTS, P O T T E S underscore McGee, M A G E E. <laughs> all right um make sure you're subscribed on apple and spotify and make sure you've left that rating and review and i think i think we can get kind of escape from here <laughs> well thank you very much matt we'll see everybody next week see you logan bye bye